if a child, if a toddler were to pick and eat a, a cigarette butt, you would need to get them to the hospital to have it exhaled because they would die as well. It's, an, it's strong enough to kill an, an infant. Just if the poisons, were, not the plastic. The poisons. We're talking about arsenic, acetate, um, oh my God. you know, rat poison. You know, all these chemicals are horrible. Benzene. You can look up the chemicals in a, a, in a cigarette butt. Yeah. But it's so toxic. Welcome, everybody. This is Melinda with Local Green Half Moon Bay. This is where we interview our local sustainable leaders. So we are aware of what's going on in our coastal region and inspired so we can learn and take action. Today, our guest is Lynn Adams. She's the president of the Pacific Beach Coalition. Welcome, Lynn, and thank you for coming and joining us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I am going to just read a little bit of your bio so we kind of know your background and who you are. Lynn is a highly motivated environmental steward and educator. She was recognized for leading the Pacific Beach Coalition, which won the prestigious 2019 Bay Area Metro Award, the 2019 Pacifica Open Space Award, and the 2017 Sustainable San Mateo Award. She became a master composter with the County of San Mateo. She has worked to help unite community groups, transform open spaces to native habitats, and raised awareness about environmental actions that everyone can easily do to help the earth. And just getting to know you, Lynn, in this last month has been fun. And I have learned that you are a very dynamic leader and you really engage people. And, and, when I come to the events at the Pacific Beach Coalition, there's a lot of people there and people are really excited to be there. It's really cool. And I think that has a lot to do with your leadership. So um, starting off, I just wanted to ask you, what inspired you to become involved in the Pacific Beach Coalition? Well, um, I had become a master composter. And um, one of the things they talked about was the dumps and how the dumps are filling up. And I had been doing cleanups and um, what I didn't recognize is all the plastics that were filling our dumps, right? And so um, I just early on recognized this is a real problem and I felt really compelled to do something. That's why I became a master composter because I wanted to inspire people and teach people how to be a little bit more natural. But inherently, I do believe that... Um, uh, the more we are connected to the planet, the more we are connected to Earth, the more it we're connected to each other and the better and healthier we all are. And so I felt really uh, compelled and it, it, I thought it was imperative for me to do something. And um, the Beach Coalition was a natural fit um, because I feel like everybody can pick up litter and everybody can learn something when they're picking up litter. And um you know, it's really joyful for me to know that I did something good. So I feel like it's joyful for other people as well. And and so that was my big motivation was just to help the ocean and help the, help the planet. And the more I learn, the more I understand how important it is. I think I forgot to do like a little summary of what just a, like a brief summary of what Pacific Beach Coalition does. Do you want to just kind of 
because the two main things are like beach cleanup and habitat restoration, would you say, or, or do you? Yeah, we do, uh, Pacific, uh, we do beach cleanup. Uh, well, we do street to beach cleanups. Okay. Right. Because litter on our beaches has come from our streets usually. Yeah. So, uh, so we try to clean up everywhere okay. and it doesn't have to be here in Pacifica or on the coast because litter from Palo Alto also comes to us. So we, uh, we care about litter everywhere. We have a wonderful habitat restoration or um, group that has been restoring Lindemar to Rockaway, but we also support lots of other restoration projects that are, that are small. Um, you know, we've, we've transformed some of the, the library area. We have lots of volunteers that take on projects to get native plants started in a little area that was just all weeds before. Because we find that when it's kind of like a little bit more taken care of or it's a little more natural, people don't don't stuff litter there, right? People respect it a little bit more. It's it's so, good point. Yeah, it's like coming into a clean house that you're visiting, you want or when you're on vacation, you don't want to thrash it, you want to keep it nice. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely true. So we've been restoring habitat and we generally um, uh, grow even our own native plants. And then we install native plants, we remove invasive species that crowd out the native plants and keep the, uh, um, the, the plants from thriving. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's been a really wonderful organization and, and fun. You can kind of learn more about that. You can also join us on Facebook. We have a, a page, a group, okay. and we have a Habitat Restoration uh, Facebook group as well. I wanted to ask if you could tell the story that you told and maybe you tell this a lot um, at the uh, beach cleanup that um, we were just at at Sharps Park Beach, um, where you would come to this beach uh, a long mm-hmm. time ago, and it was just covered in litter. Mm-hmm. And then you actually took some action. It is quite inspiring to hear this story from you. Could you yeah. So uh, my my beach that I started at was Sharp Park, and that was the beach I was visiting with my with my dog all the time. And um, so I was just like, well. I, I, I could pick up litter, but I, it would be better if I could get everybody to pick up litter. So I started cleaning up there and I, I called my friends and I, I met the Beach Coalition. And I said, could I do the Sharp Park? They said, absolutely. Sure. So I called my friends and, and kind of sent out emails and invited some people and got a few people to do a cleanup and just started a list from there. But while we were out there, we were picking up litter on the on the beach and we were picking up 20 to 30 bags of litter. It was horrendous. It was just trashed. And um, I, I, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And so when one day on a really nice, beautiful day, what I kind of recognized was that the garbage cans were inadequate and they were, they were opened in the top. Their birds would sit on it and pick, pick everything out. And so they were picking out all the, all the trash and it was blowing out to the beach. And so I was like, whoa. So one day I came back and everybody had all the picnickers. It was, there was a lot of picnickers and, and uh, people that were visiting the beach. And they had bagged all their trash and tied it up and put it by the cans and or in the garbage. And the birds had pulled it out and opened up the bags and were pulling stuff out. And you could see on this beautiful day, uh, the, the day after the beautiful day, I went down for my morning walk. And there was trash strewn from the garbage can out. Wow. So I went home and I got my camera and I took pictures of it and put it on a DVD, on a CD. 
and sent it to each city council member. And I said, this is not okay. This is why we have dirty beaches is because we don't have adequate garbage cans. And so they, um, the city, city called me and said, you're right. Um, let's get some garbage cans in here. So it took some time, but we found a garbage can we thought would work that had a lid on it. That wouldn't, that would resist the rust of the, of the ocean. We drew a map and said, okay, we're going to put a garbage can in all these locations. And when we did that instantly, there was no more garbage. Wow. There was no more litter. People used the garbage cans, but unfortunately if a garbage can isn't right there in their site, People are lazy. They don't want to go too far with their, any of their trash. And that's why they dump stuff. Wow. So we got um, a couple cans on the on the berm at that time. And we had cans placed all around the uh, picnic area and down the coast. So some of them are still there. Um, they've, they've been changed out now because it's been 20 some years. Oh, wow. So um, and, 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 and garbage cans, you know, speak to people too if they're really dirty and ugly and gross do people want to touch it you know yeah, that's a good point i never thought of that before yeah so we kind of need to maintain things right we need to maintain things we need to swap them out in this weather it, it changes and it's expensive and um, a lot of the cans if they were placed along the promenade where people are walking would be more uh would be used heavily um but the it, it costs people the the city would have to have a person walk it and get it so they ended up taking away all those garbage cans and, wow. and sp spacing them out and then it's only where they can get them from with the garbage truck or with a, a service vehicle you know wow it sounds like you made a huge impact originally with the garbage oh it was amazing and 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 instantly like it, it the litter was gone the litter was gone. The beach was cleaner. And then, yeah. and then at the, that, that same time period, um, what I recognized was we were doing a beach cleanup and suddenly it was after, um, I think one of the first storms, right. And the first big flush. Okay. And so yeah. we did a beach cleanup and we got hundreds and hundreds of bottle caps, hundreds of wow. bottle caps. So the beach was strewn with bottle caps. Plastic and, like, and metal bottle caps. Oh no, mostly plastic. Oh, and we were like, oh my God, what are, where are these bottle caps coming? Milk bottles, right? Yeah. People aren't on the beach with milk. Yeah. So we knew that these bottle caps were coming from somewhere. What we realized is it was from the first flush and the storm drains. And that's how the litter gets out to the ocean in the first place oh, from wow. our street. So that was a very big lesson. Yeah. And um, since then, Recology has changed to the system where it takes the container. It was all open containers and they would dump it out and the, and the bottle caps would all fall out. Um, you know, when they would dump it into the truck and the bottle caps would fall out on the street and they would wash into the storm drain and come back out. Oh. And they would, sit, they would sit there and accumulate until a big rainstorm came and washed them all away. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that was interesting. And and what we realized is that's how, it, you know, it's been an evolution uh, with the Beach Coalition for me uh -huh. of learning where is this litter coming from that's on our beach? Right. And it's coming from the storm drains. So, and then in the winters, you know, in the winters after a while, we will get the rain coming from, um, you know, it, it might take it out to the bay or it might bring the Sacramento River down, brings all kinds of litter from up by Sacramento and between here and there and beyond. Wow. And then it goes out to the ocean. So then in the winter storms, what's happening is a lot of the 
debris that's coming from the bay yeah. uh, from Sacramento River comes out and comes back in through the currents into into our um, onto our beaches. And so the litter is different from the summer to the winter. And we know it comes, yeah, we know it comes from Sacramento because we find a lot of shotgun shells and that's where they do the duck hunting and the goose hunting and the bird hunting up there. And those wads, those plastic wads will come in and we'll get, um, you know, dozens of them, dozens of them all at the same time. Wow. That's incredible. I see. I don't think a lot of, I didn't know. I don't think a lot of people know where all this trash comes from. I assumed it was people on the beach and then yeah. from some of the watershed, the waterways, but really all the way from Sacramento. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, we've gotten like, you know, I, I always say it's, it's a mystery when you go to do a beach cleanup, it's like, you don't know what you're going to find. Yeah. Like one time we find a bunch of soles of a shoe or the heels of a leather shoes, right. just a ton of leather soles, you know, uh, 15, 30 leather soles. We're like, where do these come from? A shoemaker know. shop? <laughs> Maybe yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, that's yeah. when you find things that clearly have been in the ocean for a long time. Uh, yeah. We've, we've gotten stuff um, through our beach cleanups. We've gotten stuff that has come from the gyre, the Pacific gyre out to us. Pacific gyre is that that big land mass of plastic out there yes it's the big mass of plastic okay. um, they, they call it like twice the size of Texas right um, it's not really a, a land mass in that it's a lot of broken pieces of plastic it might be big plastic but it also is broken oh, geez. and it's floating below the the water so it's not like you can see it like you could walk on it it's like it's there floating around and um, like there are big things yeah, and and um, unfortunately, the plastic attracts chemicals in the in the water and toxins attached to that plastic, and things floating in the water are things that the birds and the um, fish and the animals feel as a food source to them, yeah. right? Like albatross birds, um, they 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 always eat things that are floating on the water because that's been their food source. Oh, it's so sad. Times, a lot of times fish and, and species will uh, lay their eggs on a floating piece of wood or uh, something floating so that it stays up and gets the light, you know, and, right. and, and can, can float in the water and, and, and mature and then develop. Wow. And so that's a food source for things. So now those species are getting not only the plastic, uh, the, the, the food source, but they're getting the plastic that, and chemicals and the that chemicals. are floating on it. And is this, this is killing off a lot of marine life. Oh, we don't even know. We can't even imagine how much marine life is being affected. So um, and, you know, these animals are now ingesting the plastic and then we are ingesting the fish. Right. right? So we are getting some of these toxins and these plastics into us from the fish. Yeah. And, and that's a fact. And they know yeah. that. No, I interviewed um, Shell at Sea Hugger, and she gave a statistic that said um, we have a credit card worth of plastic in every yeah. all of our bodies, at least. Yeah, and now they're finding it in the air. So in the uh, mountains of Colorado, they're finding plastic in the air wow. and plastic that is now on the land and in the, in the snow um, wow. that has been flo floating through the air. But I would like to say one thing, and that is, um, you know, about the travel of the debris, right? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. So our debris goes out into the ocean and it may come back to us or it may just float out to the gyre and it kick off to the atolls of the Hawaiian islands, kick off to lots of these land masses. Um, and some of it comes back to us. Um, and some of the stuff from Asia comes to us. And, and it's something that we need to think about because uh, plastic is not innocuous. It's not, um, it, you know, it does have harm. And um, in my opinion, the plastic industry is really getting a free ride because they are getting this really uh, toxic element that is causing pollution and methane and carbon dioxide from the time it's harvested as oil to the time it's shipped, manufactured, shipped, made into things, you know, processed, made into things, and then sent to the businesses and we drive to get it or it's mailed to us. Right. All along the way, this plastic is costing our environment greatly. Yeah, It's contributing greatly to sea level rise and to climate change. And yet the plastic industry is making fortune on this and, and the oil industry. And we citizens are taxed with disposing it and rectifying all these harms to the environment. Not only are we taxed with disposing it, we actually have to buy it. For to the products that are packaged in it, if we want those products. That's right. We're, yeah. we're, we're fed it. We don't even have a choice. It's, it's a not choice. like a choice right now. You cannot yeah. go to the grocery store and come out with, with things that are not plastic. It's almost Absolutely. impossible. I tried it one day. I'm like, I'm going to go in there and see how little plastic I can buy in my grocery, on my, from things on my grocery list. But it's impossible. I mean, there are some alternatives, especially if you go to a, a store that's thinking about it, like New Leaf or Whole Foods. But, you know, Safeway or any of the other mainstream stores, you're going to get everything's packaged in plastic. I mean, and then even at a store that's natural foods, that's thinking about it, you're going to get at least half or more of the stuff in plastic. So, yeah. It's a challenge. It's it a is. challenge. It's, it's, it's really something um, that we're going to continue to get fed that until we stand up to it. Yeah. That is another motivator for me. That's why I really want people to come out and see all the plastic that is trash and all the food wrappers and, uh, um, and, and all the single use plastic that we're, that we're getting from our beaches. I really want them to see that. I want them to feel it and experience it and understand, ooh, this is a problem. This is not okay. Right. And, um, and really, it is truly up to us because as consumers, we have a lot of power with our money. And so we really need to have a mass of people say, this is not okay. I want something different. And I'm, I, I'm not going to support your product. And, or we have to have legislation. And right. that comes from a groundswell of people that choose to make sure that we have something different. And it works because you made it work when you went out to the beach that day and took photos and sent it to your city council. And they said, oh, you're right. We're going to do something about this. So our voices, like you always say, do matter. They do matter. And that's why we've been doing a, a, a program called The Street to Beach. And The Street to Beach is just empowering families and individuals who say, I, I want to do something. I want to do something healthy. I want to, I want to get out there and be part of the solution. So we say, fine, join our street to beach program. We will outfit anybody that's nearby with a pickup stick and a bucket if they need it. Right. So they have the tools and they can go out and pick it up. But we ask them to do another thing. And that is to um, log what they're collecting on this app called the clean swell app through the ocean conservancy. And the Clean Swell app asks, it has like 27 different icons. Yeah. 
And the icons are plastic pieces and uh, cigarette butts and food wrappers and balloons, uh, fishing toys, right? Fishing uh, material or toys. So bottles and cans, whether they're plastic or glass. So you can dot, uh, log in what all you're collecting. And what it's been able to do for us is give us, um, oh my gosh, how many, uh, since June, really five months, we've collected, you know, 70, almost 72,000 cigarette butts just this way. And we've logged them. Um, interestingly enough, the number one thing always is cigarette butts. The number two thing that we found from almost everybody is plastic pieces. Sometimes it's rigid plastic. Sometimes it's, um, you know, uh, film, plastic film, like a bag that's broken into many pieces. Right. Right. I see um, yeah. The well, third thing is food wrappers. Mm -hmm. And that's not surprising anymore because we have lots of food wrappers. Everything is wrapped in an individual food wrapper that you have to like yeah. tear open. You have the little tiny corner and you have everything else. Yeah. Just like you're saying, when you go to the grocery store, you got to buy all your food in plastic. Yeah. Yep. So this street to beach is giving us data that we can now go to our legislators and say, this is why we're talking because this is just a few people that are collecting all of this. And if we were to, 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 to say we were doing this throughout the United States, this is a massive amount of stuff. Yeah. And so I invite anyone who's interested to join. Um, it's a really good exercise. And this app will log how far you've walked. It will, it will log um, and tally about how much, how many pounds of things you picked up. Uh -huh. And it may be a lot, it may be a little, it doesn't matter, but every little thing counts. And it's giving us data to say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So most of our volunteers are here in the Bay Area. Um, we have a lot of them, most of them are on the coast, but we have people in Palo Alto and Foster City and um, uh, Berkeley. And um, we have a volunteer in Wisconsin. One of wow. my family members is helping us. Wow, that's so um, cool. Yeah, we got volunteers up in Seattle and Oakland. and Yeah, Pacific Beach Coalition is really big. I mean, how many volunteers do you think you have? Well, um, last year we had over 13,000 volunteers. That's huge. That, that that's joined us for our, we had like eight, eight or we had nine monthly cleanups and habitat restoration events. This year we have 10. We would have had 10, except yeah. the COVID stopped us. And right. all of our uh, uh, all of our cleanups were getting fifty to hundred people. They were very, very well attended. Right. Um, but the street to beach has really um, impacted. It's actually picked up almost as much or more trash than our regular cleanups. Wow. And it's covered way more area. Right. Because we're doing streets now, maybe too. Yeah. yeah. So when the rains come, I am confident that we're going to have less debris washing out to the ocean and less debris on our beaches from the winter storms than we have had in the past. I hope so it'll be interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I hope so. But um, I think the first step is, um, you know, picking up litter, seeing what it is. Yeah. And the second step is doing something about it. Absolutely. Not buying those things, using your voice to advocate for other things, right. Other options like that paper are or hemp or jute or natural materials have exactly natural materials. Yeah. Even and in our clothing, even in our clothing, right. It's really right. hard now to find clothing. That's not nylon or polyester. 
true. And that creates all the micro microplastics that are washing off in the laundry and right. going out to sea via our storm drain, uh, be, be via the uh, wastewater treatment plant. They can't filter that out. Right. We can so filter a- it at home. There's a product we can buy to attach to our washing machine to filter it. But, um, and I just bought one and I haven't hooked it up yet, <laughs> but there, there is stuff out there like that. Now we're really thinking about it. That's awesome. And I'd like you to share that with me if you okay. don't mind. Yeah. That'd and, be good. Um, I'd like to see that. I have to figure, remember what the name of it is and I'll, yeah, I'll definitely send you the link and I'll awesome. put it on the Facebook page here too. Um, can you talk about your plastic free Pacifica resolution? It looks like the city got involved with a plastic free resolution yeah. out there. Yeah, the city of Pacifico is the first one in the Bay Area to uh, ban um, straws and stirs and um, uh, food food um, utensils. And um, basically, they couldn't really do the cups and st- cups and lids, but they really uh, highly recommend not using plastic cups and having lids only upon request. Oh, because it's all. Uh, because it's all like just one use and it's gone and it's, right. it becomes waste and it becomes something that we have to dispose of. And yeah. we have to, um, you know, pick up when people just discard it on the street. So um, they, they, the Pacifica was the first one to ban that. I think San Mateo County is, is working on theirs. I don't know if they've inaugurated it yet. Um, but um I think the number one thing, and then we have uh, uh, Alejandra who has gone to all of our businesses or, or, or she was in the process of going to all our businesses when COVID hit um, and, and talking to them about, you know what, um, first of all, plastic bags are banned already. Right. So no plastic bags, even in the, in the, in the food industry. Um, a lot of people get there to go and they go home. So they don't need napkins and they don't need straws and they don't need utensils. Right. And so if you as a business are just automatically putting in everything that you need, it's a waste. Absolutely. The same, you know, so, so, so Alejandra has been going to all these businesses and saying, it's not even necessary for you to go through all this expense because most people don't want it anyway. So the first thing you should say is, do you need this? Right. Or what do you need? Right. And that would eliminate a lot of waste because what happens when they go home and they have all this, they throw it away. The ban was was to eliminate those items that we're finding so much of. So they had to go with paper straws or wood stirs, things that are compostable and and biodegradable. And that's Um, specifically geared towards restaurants then for single use uh, items at restaurants. Yes. Okay. That's for, for restaurants. Okay. And, and, and I think it's really made a big difference because we have not c- collected the number of straws that we used to collect of, of, blo- of plastic straws. That's great. Uh, let's see what I have on this uh, straws. 3000 straws in five months um, is what we've collected, but some of those probably are paper straws. Oh, okay. And what did, was the number higher before? We didn't have any data before. Okay. We, we, this is our first time that we've uh, started to do this. Okay. Um, when COVID shut down our cleanups, we realized that people really needed something to do. Yeah. Um, people were calling us because we have all these masks and all these gloves in our streets. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So, um, so because of that, then we came up with the Street to Beach program and, and this Clean Swell app. I called the uh, Coastal Commission and they told me about this app 
that they were going to use for Coastal Cleanup Day. And so we found out that we could collect that data and, and do it. it. It's amazing. So people can find out about that at our website at pacificbeachcoalition.org. And I highly recommend that you do it, even if, you know, I mean, you just don't need to have a pickup stick. If you have a, a glove or you use a plastic bag as a glove, you can pick yeah. things up to throw away. Yeah. Um, but I recommend, um, if you don't mind, putting in the group. There's a, there's a place where you put in the group. And if you don't mind putting in the group PBC for Pacific Beach Coalition, that allows us to grab your data and incorporate it into our results that we can go then. Yeah. So it, it helps us significantly. Um, it's amazing that um, you can get this data now and it's amazing what we can do with this data because if we can make comparisons um, and say, hey, the numbers are going down, we have more people cleaning up or we have less garbage out there, we can, and like you said, we can use the numbers to um, take legislative action and, and it's proof that we have too much stuff out there causing a problem. It, it is really proof. It absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. I have a question about cigarette butts now. Um, Talk to the, me. Reason, the reason I want to bring this up is because I never knew cigarette butts were a big problem. I've never smoked, but I just assumed, you know, they're made of paper, they'll biodegrade. But um, there's a reason you guys are picking up cigarette butts. Can you tell us about that? I absolutely can. So contrary to, you know, your, your, your beliefs, cigarette butts are made of plastic. The, the middle piece is um, cellulose that okay. says plastic wrapped in a paper. Okay. And then it has that. Now the cellulose and, and, and the tobacco industry kind of sold us. They spent millions of dollars telling smokers that you were safer because you had the filter. But the reality is that it's not safer at all. You still get the chemicals into your body that, that are in that, in that cigarette butt. So uh, uh, there's 165 or more toxic chemicals in a filter and um, they collect in the filter. And if you were to take one filter and put it in a liter of water um, with, with like from the, from the ocean, the sand fleas in that water, 100% of them would die within a very short period of time. 100% wow. of the time. If a child, if a toddler were to pick and eat a, a cigarette butt, you would need to get them to the hospital to have it exhaled because they would die as well. It's, an, it's strong enough to kill an, an infant. Just if the poisons, were, not the plastic. The poisons. We're talking about arsenic, acetate, um, oh my God. You know, rat poison. You know, all these chemicals are horrible. Benzene. You can look up the chemicals in a, uh, in a cigarette butt. Yeah. But it's so toxic. And so I always tell my cleanup people, I said, they're bonus points, right? Um, and, and, and so please yeah. look for them and don't overlook them. And okay. so the Beach Coalition started counting them, or I think around 2014, we started collecting them. One person, one of our uh, volunteers, uh, site captains, brought everybody that went out to clean up. He said, look, would you pick up your cigarette butts and put them in this bag and bring them back to me? So we gave everyone a bag and they, they brought back these and we filled, he filled like a two gallon bucket of filled with cigarette butts. It was monstrous. We're oh, talking, wow. you know, we're talking three, 4,000 um, cigarette butts at one pickup when one clean, from one cleanup. Jeez. And, and, Jeez. and that was like, 
oh, I didn't know. I mean, we've just only been throwing them away for all these years. Right. And, right. and when we started seeing them, we said, that's really important for us to recognize. Let's collect them. Yeah. Then someone said they could be recycled through TerraCycle. So TerraCycle.org will take cigarette butts. If you get a, a, a large basket, a box for them, you can mail them off and have them be recycled. And they take apart the filter and they melt it down into uh, plastic peb pebbles. And then they create guitar picks, um, ashtrays, um, be park benches. Actually, they can even make park benches out of it. Wow, I, think, I had no idea. Yeah. That's so, incredible. So, and, and, and so it's really great because those chemicals now are taken away as well. Yeah. They're not going into the landfill where all those chemicals now are able to leach into the water or right. to leach down. And so it's not poisoning that. So the Beach Coalition since 2014 has, has um, recycled well over a million cigarette butts. And not everybody brings them to us, but anybody who does, we send them off to be recycled. They, they, they are everywhere. Um, this year with the street to beach cleanup, we actually have tallied more cigarette butts than we've ever tallied in the past. I think we're well over, um, I'd have to look in a different screen, but we're well over 220,000, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. So that's people, is that from more people picking them up or more people smoking and leaving them out there? <laughs> Probably both. Uh, uh, I think more people picking them up. Okay. Um, yeah. And people say, oh, not people aren't smoking anymore. Well, if they are smoking, they're smoking outside. Okay. Even at their homes, they're not smoking in their house. They're smoking outside and they're leaving their cigarette butts on the ground, unfortunately. Yeah. Wow. And it's because, you know, honestly, because I didn't know, I think a lot of people just don't know how toxic they are to, to animals, to children and to the environment in general. They just don't get it. And I think your program is educating people just by putting the buckets out there. You guys have the yeah cigarette butt collection buckets next to a lot of the benches on the beach. And just because they're there and it says recycle, clean beaches, healthy ocean, I think they're right there is an education just on the bucket. They're like, oh, okay, I guess I should recycle these. Oh, here's a place to put it. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I hope that I hope that works. Um, we've already uh, since October 15th, uh, September 15th, we've already um, collected about 3000 cigarettes in those filter in those buckets. That's great in a short a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So the painted bucket contest was really fun. That was, yeah. um, you know, we invited the public to, um, we gave them a bucket with a lid and, and asked them to create a something ocean themed mm -hmm. bucket that they would, um, that we would put out. So they would paint it and on the top, they would put down um, cigarette uh, deposit your cigarette, butt here oh, for recycling. Right. So we would recycle them. So it was a little educational. Yeah. And um, yeah, we had 50 buckets that went out, 50, 50 people. And they claimed them in a, in a week. The people said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. So we filled the contest in a week. And then they had a, uh, they had like five weeks to paint it. We got them back and they were wonderful. Just, Beautiful. just so exceeded all our expectations. And together they were so special. So we had a um, uh, paint a bucket. Um, art walk so you can go walk and see all of the different buckets which were wonderful and you could vote for your favorite in each category so right. we had a youth and family we had an adult and we had a um uh a, a professional 
And they're so spectacular. There are so many things at Pacific Beach Coalition that volunteers can do to get involved. And that's what I love about when I go to your website, I'm like, oh, there's so many things I could do. What, what am I going to do? What could I choose? Um, and so can you talk about like, there's like fun events that you've done in the past too, like EcoFest. And then you did like a, a drive-in movie fundraiser. Can yeah. you talk about some of those fun? Sure. Well, our, our signature is, um, has, has been the Earth Day event. You know, we, um, we invite the public um, and, and the community groups to band together take action for Earth Day, which is always the third, you know, it's April 20, 22nd is Earth Day. So we usually do the weekend before or after. And we invite the public, um, the, the community groups to get together to do their own little individual group project. And so they may clean a beach, but they also um, clean streets and neighborhoods and do habitat restoration along the creeks. And then from 11 to 1230, uh, 11 to 2.30, we have... Um, the EcoFest. And the EcoFest has become like this wonderful opportunity to see everybody and for people to know that, hey, I really care about the environment. But we also have about 50 environmental groups or bo uh, booths. So you can you can meet people from the Marine, Ma Marine Science Institute or the Marine, Marine Mammal Center. Um, you can meet people from the Shorebird Alliance and from all these organizations and booths. You get a chance to go around and they often have little activities for the kids to participate in. So the kids can have something to do while the adults get a chance to talk. Um, it's just a wonderful thing. Um, Sounds like fun. Yeah. And that. food and beverages that are there as well. Food and beverages from some community groups that serve, um, you know, some food and beverages. Um, it was really sad this year when we couldn't do that. Uh, we do yeah. do a surf movie fundraiser every year in February. I'm not sure that we'll be able to do that this coming February, but that's been amazing. Um, we have shown, I think, uh, nine different films uh, every yeah. nine years or more. Oh, that is done. that in the drive-in kind of film? No, that was, that was a different one. We have, okay. a, we have a movie night. Yeah. yeah. We generally have a movie night and we have two shows and that's um, limited to 150 people at each show. And we pretty much sell out every year. Where does it um, happen? It's been one. What's that? Where does the Where does the movie night take place? That That's usually at the Sanchez Art Center at the Mildred Owen Concert Hall. Oh, okay. And it's a wonderful, wonderful event. Yeah. Nice. And this year, yeah, so where we, was the movie, the drive-in movie? We had the drive-in movie this year that was organized by Beach Break Entertainment. And they did yeah. such a wonderful job. And they asked us as a, a volunteer group to bring 20 volunteers to help organize it, to park the cars and to serve the refreshments. And so we did that and, and then they shared in the profits with us. And so we did get a nice donation from them. Nice. And it was actually really fun for our group because we got a chance to see each other. Yeah. So, get yeah, it. so yeah. We're, we're always trying to think of ways that people can, you know, uh, what, what can people do? How can they do, uh, what can we do to help, um, bring information to uh, the public. Right. And um, this past year we got interrupted with the COVID, but we did rent out a albatross exhibit, a museum exhibit about albatross that was so spectacular and beautiful. We got to display it in two schools before COVID hit. Oh, and um, for all of the students to see, all of the parents could go in and see it, all of the teachers, 
and it had um, the, the images and then the story about what, what is the bird doing and it kind of gave you a lot of information about the albatross. And um, we're planning to bring that back if the, if the kids get to come back to school, we'll have it back for this coming year. That's and great. Yeah, you're doing school education as well. We, so we, we, we generally have hired um, naturalists um, or people, uh, experts in a field to talk about a, a species every year at the schools. Uh, we've done as many as 8,500 students, um, uh, brought, brought assemblies to 8,500 students in one year. That's great. Um, and so we'll go do a school assembly about this year was going to be about albatross. We've done dolphins. We've done turtles. We've done um, kelp last year. We've done bees. Um, we've done sea otters. And so we really kind of bring education about a species to all these kids with the hope that they'll go take that information home to their parents. Mommy, did you know I have to go to Earth Day because I have to help the otter? I have to help the sea otter, mommy, please. Yeah. And yeah. So that's that's really awesome. I mean, we 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 have a lot of fun. We're all about education, and um, we're we're currently creating a whole curriculum. So uh, teachers, especially at this point, it's designated for fifth grade, but it could go up or down. Um, so it's a whole curriculum about the environment, ecosystem, watersheds. It's got all the science, math, technology, English, all of that incorporated into these lessons that kind of can help kids understand the natural world yeah, and uh, how the watershed and the plastic that's introduced and where does it go and some scientific methods to determine it. And is so, the curriculum presented uh, in collaboration with you, with anybody at Pacific Beach Coalition and the teachers or just is it just for the teachers at the schools? Both. We're hoping that um, we can get the teachers to do this curriculum and then bring their students for a field trip. If, if we can raise enough money, uh, what we'd really like to do is have an educator on our staff who then can go into the school and do uh, education in the school with the kids pre or post or both. Field, right. Field trip. So, yeah. so, so that's a big part of our fundraising is, is now to get our education fund so that we can have people to, um, you know, bring underserved kids, especially, and 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 even some of our own kids from our own towns, never get to the beach because right. it's not in. Their parents are working so hard, right? Parents are working; they don't have time, or it's not in their interest. And so, even our own kids don't get to the ocean. And so, we want to change that. Yeah, it's not just about Pacifica; it's up and down the coast. We are looking all over for the for the whole Bay Area. We right. often bring a lot of school groups out. Um, a lot of school groups come. I just had one yesterday, cleaned up Sharp Park Beach, and they got a chance to see the litter from the streets because we did that first. Yeah. And the litter from the beach, which was a lot less litter on the beach than was on the street. And do you find that they enjoy these cleanups? Because do you guys give them the buckets and the, the grabbers, those long grabbers? Yeah. yeah. Like, if I was a kid, I'd love that. This is the first year we give we give kids grabbers. Usually we just make them bend down and pick it up. But with okay. COVID, we want to be a little bit more safe. More careful. Um, because we think it's important to touch the earth. We think it's important for people to do the little pain to go down and, and recognize, oh, wow, my back is hurting because yeah. I'm picking up so many things. Yeah. But, um, but, but honestly, yes, the kids love it. They absolutely love it. You can't come to the ocean and not just, just, it's wonderful. 
right? Yeah. It's really important. And then to be able to do something positive and know that you save bird, fish, and wildlife. Absolutely. You know, when I go out there myself just to pick up trash, I feel better about picking it up than just walking away from it or walking by it. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm making a difference and I'm like, oh, it's beautiful again. You know, and if everybody just did that, you know, when they were out there or and I know sometimes people got to go out there and not have the goal to pick up trash and just enjoy. But, you know, when you're out there, sometimes at least it's it's really it's inspiring and it feels good to pick up trash. And yeah. I think it's really great what you're doing is um, having the kids do it and educating them because um is that what the problem is with when people go out there and leave their trash is that they just not been taught as children that it's an important thing to do, do you think? Or do you know where that's I think it's from? I think that's part of it, but I also think that there's so much more trash that we have. Yeah. Everything is disposable. Everything is disposable and and it's all non-biodegradable, you know. Yeah. Our, our strategy is that the more people we get they're going to get more people as well, right? They're going to teach their kids. They're going to, they're going to, maybe even the kids are going to teach their parents. Right. That's not okay, mom, you can't do that. Yeah. Right. So once they learn, you know, but we have a whole universe to educate. Yeah. And, but and, once and it part- becomes a movement, then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And I feel like you guys are, you've got this thing under control as like a movement. It's, it's happening. Yeah, for sure. Right. How, what, can our audience do, I know you kind of already spoke to this at home to help protect our oceans and beaches. Can you name three things that they can do at home? Absolutely. Okay. Number one, think about not using plastic, right? Reduce your plastic load Reduce as much as you can. I know it's not easy, but it is important that we try to do that. Um, num- number two, you know, carry, you know, if you go to do takeout, consider taking your own container, maybe make arrangements with the, with the people. Hey, can, can I bring you my container? And then can you do it? Number three, make sure you don't take any forks, spoons, ketchup, ketchup packets, if you don't need them. Right. Keep, keep, keep a fork and a spoon, keep some to go containers in your car. So you're like, Oh man, I didn't, I didn't think no, you already have them there. So it's okay. Right. Good. And, and probably one of the most important is use your own cup. All right. No more plastic cups, no more coffee cups, right? If you go into a fast food store and you, and you want to get a soda, you bring your own cup. That's as it's, it's so important. You have, we have to do that now. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. This is such a waste. Ever. Yeah. And I'd also like to ask people to do another thing. And that is to use your voice. When you see someone doing good, let them know. Thank you. Thank you for having a garbage can outside your business. I really appreciate that. You know, thank you for, for, for not giving plastic bags at the grocery store or whatever. You know, and, and, and it's not, a, it's okay sometimes to say, you know, I really don't, the, the plastic forks or whatever. It's okay to say that too. It's important. Sure. Yeah, I went to a grocery I, store and I said, look, it's not okay. You have the styrofoam containers for your eggs, right? Yeah. I can't shop here if you have styrofoam egg cartons. It's styrofoam is, you need to go. It's, yeah. You can't have it. It's just. And, and, and if, you know, 500 of us did that, right. there would be no styrofoam. And so we have to think about our power. We do have the power. 
Um, I think out of this Beach Coalition, one of the things that we've all learned is that, like my incident with the can having all, no no lid on it, when garbage cans are full, sometimes the, the organization doesn't know that. So if you say to Taco Bell, hey, your garbage can's full out here, they can send someone out right away to get it emptied. That's but the same with municipalities, right? And so now that we have all these people cleaning up, I think another big part of it is that when someone dumps something, we call and let them know immediately and it gets taken away. Okay. And who do so, we call when you see something dumped? Is it oftentimes, you know, it's, uh, you know, different people. I mean, take pictures um, of okay. public works, the public works person in your, in your, in, in your jurisdiction. Okay. Um, I have contacts. So people are always sending me, Lynn, this garbage can's full. No problem. I, I forward it on to the public works person. I know okay. it gets taken care of right away. That's don't great. assume that, that, you know, because that garbage can is full, don't worry, you know, they're going to be there. They may not know that it's full. Right. That's a really good thing to know. Well, that's, those are wise words. Great way to make a difference um, at home and just reminding people too to like pack it in. Don't, don't rely on the garbage can at the beach. If you bring trash out there, take it back home with you and put it in your trash can at home. It's always a lot lighter on the way back than it is on the way there. For sure, because you've eaten all the food. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And is there a way that people can, let's just talk about how people can get uh, connected with the Pacific Beach Coalition, how they can volunteer, where should they go? Sure. Uh, if you go to the PacificBeachCoalition.org, okay. you will find an area that says contact us or donate or so support us. Okay. Uh, we welcome all your support. If you'd like to become a member, and uh, an active member, um, and you want to like, hey, I want to help, I want to organize, I want to meet with you guys, I want to um, be a leader, then please contact me directly. My name is Lynn, L-Y-N-N. -N. I'm Lynn at PacificBeachCoalition.org. We have special lists for that. But we also have supporting members. So you could, um, you know, support us financially, help support our work uh, for education, and for giving people the experiences um, to help them connect to the planet and earth. Also, it's super easy to donate on the website because you accept PayPal, right? No, we do accept PayPal. It's really awesome. Uh, I think it says donate um, or support us on, on the bar. And um, we really value everybody's donation. And, and um, I have to tell you, it makes a huge difference. We're trying to grow. And in order for us to grow and do all that we're doing, we, we now have to have some staff to start doing some of these projects. Right. So um, donations are really appreciated and they, you know, pretty much everything goes toward education. That's fantastic. Well, I hope that um, we've inspired some people to take some action today. I really appreciate you coming to join us and great to have you and to learn about everything that you're doing and all the accomplishments that Pacific Beach Coalition has made on the coast here to clean up litter and restore habitat and educate people. Thank you, Melinda. I appreciate your work too. Thank you. Thank you.